0: And welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debbin. I'm joined by a man who's afraid of a widow. snow, Mr. Shane Reeves.
1: Yes, I am. I've, I try to never venture across the Mason-Dixon line, and I'm not sure exactly where that is other than between Mason and Dixon. <laughs> So when it's you were going to cancel the recording of the podcast (laughs) this week, I just
0: want to make sure everyone is aware that you text me, I'm not going to drive, I can't do it. We're going to have to reschedule.
1: Well, the sun come out. I wasn't yesterday at noon. Yeah, I saw it. it. It was still, but I'm here now. Be grateful that I'm here. I'm encouraging, I was bolstering your confidence before the show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> about your ability to give out the the intro without messing up with with friends like these, Shane. <laughs> I invited you invited you Monday on the day I skipped work to go smoke the new Ciudad de Musica to come with me. Yeah, some
0: of us. I, I want to hear your review on that cigar. I'm really interested. I want to. I'm I'm going to be up that way tomorrow. That's probably going to be what I pick up.
1: It was absolutely wonderful. Really. Um. Not that I'm terribly surprised, but. So good, I'm surprised Crown Heads had anything to do with it. Bite your <laughs> tongue. <laughs> and I know
0: you said that just to rile me up. Before we talk about other people's cigars, what are you smoking
1: tonight? Okay, so tonight I am smoking the Alec Bradley Prinsado Lost Start. This is the new one that came out this year. Apparently they call it the Lost Art because you need an archaeologist to find a review on it. But I finally did scare one up. It's a Honduran Corojo wrapper with two binders, Nicaraguan and Honduran. Now, that's unusual for you to get, because usually binder is just binder. Yeah. So it's unusual for them to actually blend the binder. I'm interested to see what that does for me.
0: Yeah. Multiple fillers is more common. Um, still not terribly common, usually the blend is going to uh, the regional blend is going to come be- between one of those three layers
1: yeah, so i'm really interested to try that. It may be just be a gimmick. I may not can tell any difference, or it may be the greatest thing I've ever smoked, and i don 't know I'm I'm an Alec Bradley fan on a casual basis yeah they're one of those that 's easy to walk by for me, and they're good they're
0: not great they 're never going to blow my socks off. But they are just a, a really good cigar.
1: Well, I've told the story many times about Alec Bradley standing behind their product. I had one that was bad on mm-hmm. a golf course, and they sent me new cigars yeah. to make up for it. I'm, I won't go through the whole story. So Alec Bradley, as a company, always has my respect for that one little thing. So I'm always willing to give something new if there's a shot, so I can't hardly wait. So what you going to smoke tonight? I'm go- I'm reaching into the
0: Wayback Machine this week. Uh, I went for just an old standby favorite, the Don Blue Label, the original. I'm um, smoking the Bellicoso size. This is a Nicaraguan Puro, as most of theirs are. Uh, it's got a Corojo Oscuro wrapper, but then the binder and filler are both Nicaraguan. Uh, this is a... Uh, Six by 54 Bellicoso, I believe. I forgot to look that up. I should have. And uh, it's, just, it's just a great spice-forward, slightly peppery, everything you want out of a Nicaraguan good cigar.
1: You know, I would never smoked those until we started doing this podcast. And you smoked the Don Blue early on. I'd say it was our second or third show. I'm
0: trying to remember if that episode ever even made it to
1: air. It may not have. It may have been one of our early shows that we trashed to try to because we just were learning the curves. Yeah. (laughs) We were just learning the ropes of podcasting at that time. But I started smoking it because for a while before this became Crown Cigars, the humidor got in such bad shape that was all that was here. Mm -hmm. Now that it's Crown Cigars, I'd like to say the humidor is in outstanding shape. He even reorganized it this week and moved a lot of the stuff I like closer to the front. I know. I couldn't find anything when I went in there this, tonight. Yeah. he He's moved everything around, which I think is important. I think rotating inventory is always nice because it lets me discover something that I may have walked by 20 times. Mm-hmm. So, really, um, I enjoy the blue. I've actually got a Don Pepin blue Lancero in my locker right now that I haven't smoked yet that I'm saving for a podcast. Have you ever had one of those? I have not.
0: They're I'm not a huge Lancero fan, as I've said before, but they're really good.
1: I've never had one, but I and I'm I'm like you. I'm not a big Lancero guy. Of course, I'm not a big Lancero guy because I'm a big ring gauge guy. But um, I'm interested to try it because that blue you've sold me on.
0: Yeah, the thing with the Lancero for me is that I have never had con- uh, draw issues for with any size more than I have Lancero. It seems like. 70% of the Lanceros I've smoked have had some type of draw issue.
1: Well, and draw is it's the most it's important more. Factor.
0: It's way more important than flavor for me.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things and all. So it has snowed here this week. It has. Twice, and in all. fact. Yeah, it really snowed yesterday. It was gorgeous, it, but
0: it was really coming down.
1: Well, when we walked the dog the first time yesterday morning, it wasn't snowing, but we did that at 5.30 because... When my wife and my dog get up at 5.30 in the morning, it's the same noise that a pack of gorillas chasing a marching band through a minefield on the 4th of July would make. (laughs) There's no sleeping after this begins. I went to bed early the other night, and I said, could you two possibly hold it down to the level of an SEC football game? And So it's just one of those things that it was early, so it wasn't snowing when we walked in the first time, but the second time it was full on snowing. He's a duck dog. He loves it. Oh, now, had it been snowing yet at that point? Was just, it just a break in the action? or a- No, it was just flurries, and we didn't even have ground coverage at that point. It oh, didn't wow. actually start snowing at my house till about 7. Oh,
0: wow. It was, it was well blanketed at my house by the time I
1: woke up at 6. So, tonight on the show, I do want to talk about cigar environment. Okay. I had a chance. I had to reconstruct my cigar environment due to the snow. Because usual, my usual spot for cigar environment is on the back porch. And we spoke about putting the plastic up and that helped. But there comes a point where you just got to go inside.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think single digits, which is what kind of temperatures we're having right now, is a pretty good indication that maybe you should smoke indoors.
1: Well, and we moved the operation into the garage. And we've got our chairs set up and we have a little TV set up in there. Because when I'm out on the porch... I've got the view. I can watch the neighbors. I can watch the dogs, the birds, and everything like that. But when I'm inside in the garage, I can only stare at the pile of tools I need to sort. so long before I've got to have something else to watch.
0: See, moving into the garage, that's a move you can only pull off if your wife smokes cigars with you. That's any other... I I, I have a feeling that most any other guy is going to have a really tough
1: tough sell on getting that... uh, Well... She may be noisy and destructive, but she is tolerant. So she helped. I mean, how many men's wives would let them have a full-size cabinet humidor in the living room? That's a fair point as well. So I am very blessed in that, in that capacity. But see, I used, years ago, I was
0: renting a house, and so I couldn't smoke indoors. And, but it did have a garage. And so I spent an entire winter in a garage smoking just had the garage door cracked just a little bit it had a gas heater out there uh, because the water tank and a couple of other stuff went through the garage so you had to keep it above freezing otherwise you'd burst a a pipe or something and i had a little dartboard set up out there and i had bluetooth speaker or actually it was a regular speaker bluetooth wasn't around yet and (laughs) so back in my day yeah pretty much uh But I think cigar is a great environment if depending on like I'm one of those guys that's perfectly happy sitting and reading a book or watching something on my iPad or scrolling through my phone. Like I don't have to necessarily be entertained with a view to enjoy my cigar.
1: Well, I don't either, but it helps. I really like to, you know, my wife and I, we're always going to be either listening to music on the on a Bluetooth speaker we listen to this podcast. That's when usually we listen to it is on Saturday afternoons. We sit down and turn on the podcast and listen to it and smoke a cigar, and she gives me her unvarnished opinion on how mean I am to you. But very. I'm, I'm, I'm very nice. So back to what we, before we get into <laughs> cigar environment, I want to review the Ciudad de Musica. Okay. So it is a collaboration between Crown Heads and Monte Cristo. It's the Music City Cigar, Altadist and Crown Heads collaborated together. And it is a rare cigar for me that is a Padron price range worth the money. Really? This and Padron, because the the at the Casa de Monte Cristo, this cigar, the size I wanted was like $17.87. Oh man. Yeah, but I'd already drove to Nashville to have it and bought a new hat. So I am um, I went ahead and choked out the money for it, and I thought, you know, this is this is a tough category because once you get Padron money, my standards go up greatly. And
0: I saw the picture you posted. It was about a Toro size, wasn't it? So, I mean, it was a pretty good-sized cigar.
1: Yeah, it was Toro. I mean, you can get the smaller ones, the Robustos, for about twelve eighty-five. dollars See, that's not bad. Yeah, so they're not terrible. I'm, I wouldn't mind seeing them shave five. If they shaved $5 off of it, I'd have come home with a box. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is the... The cost of the cigar was prohibited.
0: Right. I was about to say, but you know, you reduce that Toro by five bucks and you're in like regular Crown Heads line money at that point. And yeah. you're kind of cheaper than Monty money. So it kind of has to be where it is, I think.
1: Well, it was very sweet, had a little hint of cocoa to it. And you know me, I'm not big on these disc- cigar descriptions of, you know, it tastes like week old jello with coconut. But really, this did have that hint of cocoa sweet flavor to it, but did not taste like anything crowned Heads has ever presented. Hmm.
0: I'm really excited to try it.
1: Very light. I'm interested to see once you try it, what your opinion of it is.
0: Especially because it's, if it is as, as much a departure from their normal stuff as you say it is, then I'm going to be interested to kind of see where it hits me because I, they can do no wrong in my book, as you know, with the exception of the Hedley Grange. Well, the
1: Lockreme. No, I love that cigar. You like that cigar? Yeah, I've smoked two boxes worth of that cigar. Okay, you can have mine. <laughs> Just not my favorite cigar
0: they make. Oh, it's not my favorite that they make. Uh, but I think, this is a wildly unpopular opinion, I think it's better than Jericho Hill.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that's, you're the only person I've ever heard say that. Then, that being said, I haven't had
0: a Jericho Hill since original production. So And I just wasn't really crazy about it. It could have been a bad batch that, that my particular retailer got at that time. It could have been that my palette wasn't suited for it at the time. I need to go back to it. But it's one of those things I look at it and I go, eh, just not really. It's also box press.
1: Yeah. Well, this was wonderful. I really enjoyed it from front to last. Very consistent. The band is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. The, now, I will have to stop and complain a little bit about that. Can we have an international standard for how large cigar bands should be? Because that one, you kind of had to peel it off. I hate, I hate the layers because you had to peel the first layer off, then you got to peel the second oh. layer, then you got to peel the layer down to the bottom. The band should be just mar- large enough for me to hold the cigar by. So was one of the layers that type of band?
0: and there was So that's fine
1: yeah it was just I mean, a little big it's I just more had to of a get... foot
0: collar than it is a band at that point like the big long piece that I'm thinking of
1: well I'd like to smoke a solid two and three eighths inches of cigar before I have to start dealing with band work I think I should be that far into the cigar before I should have to start unraveling bands and moving down and all that
0: so you started you started smoking that cigar with that big band on it oh yeah I think that might be your issue
1: well, you don't want to take the, you, it's an 18 dollars cigar i want everybody to walks by to know See, that that's it's, ex- I'm smoking. it's exactly
0: <laughs> stuff like that why so, some shops have a have a no ban policy
1: that's right but if they're going to charge 18 dollars for a cigar i want the world to know i ponied it up <laughs> I and mean, even this prince Auto label this is right at the border of how big a band should be i really would like it just a shade smaller If you took this bottom level off, it would be about right. I don't want giant cigar bands. Camacho's, world's worst. The
0: good thing I like about Camacho's bands, though, is that they come off easy. I've never had one of their bands rip while I was trying to tear it off. Because that's one of those things that drives me crazy. More so than the size of the band, make it easy to take off.
1: Well, but if you left the band on there till you smoked down to it, it would always be easy to come off. Not always. That's a,
0: that's a very good rule, and it has, has steered me well many, many times. But there still is the occasional cigar band that just... You, they, it's glued down so tight that it just separates, and you end up having to unwind it twice and rip through it. It's just a mess. Aha. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, so moving forward. Serie de Musica, you can only get them at Casa de Monte Cristo, and they're made specifically for the Nashville market. But well worth pursuit. Now,
0: are they in all of the Casa Monte Cristo locations or just ours here?
1: I believe they will be in all of them.
0: Okay, but right now they're just in...
1: Right, they actually, it came out Monday that they had it and my wife had the day off and I'm like, you know, I can lose a half a day work, go up there, smoke a cigar, go to Martin's Barbecue, have really good barbecue and come home. I I can lose half a day's work for that. There's things in life so much... I work to support my quality of life. I do not let work dictate my quality of life. Fair enough. So it, it was well worth it. And there's, something, there's also something about you know playing hooky. I wouldn't know. No matter how old you get, well, there, there is. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but you were invited. I was,
0: for once. This is the first time. You've been to Casa Monte Cristo, what, a half a dozen times now, and you finally invited me. I, I was touched, I, nay, honored.
1: Well, thank you. I, I try. I went to, went to Friedman's and bought a new hat for the occasion. It's a uh, nice-looking hat. Thank you. My old hat got destroyed. But listen, coming back. How is Ace, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> he's having a lot of fun with snowballs because you throw one, and then he thinks it's a ball, and he can't get it. Oh, So
0: he goes looking around. Yeah, so
1: he goes look, especially if you hit him, like, right in the forehead with it. <laughs> and all, then it disappears, and he's like, what happened? But he's a duck dog, so the cold weather don't bother. He him was at all. made for it. Oh yeah, he's just he's built for it. Oscar's the same way. He goes
0: out and just rolls around in it.
1: Yeah, they they just love it. Now we've been furminating this week. Have you got a furminator for Oscar?
0: I do. It's the only, which is basically my apartment at this point. <laughs> I think it's so funny. whatever I. It, I can go two days between uh, sweeping. And in that two days I will have another Oscar's worth of hair. He yeah. sheds now it's been so cold this winter that he hasn't been shedding really that bad. But yeah, I've got the Furminator for him in spring because if you don't it you just you drown in dog hair.
1: So this was an exciting weekend to be a cigar fan. I'd just like to say the playoffs were in full swing. Um, and sitting here watching the games and watching the amount of passion these guys have for these games just blows my mind. Because I'm not, I'm not passionate for football by right. any stretch. But I love watching people and how passionate they get at it.
0: I find it really hard to watch a football game in a cigar shop.
1: because there's, there's, Because you really have
0: to choose the shop properly based on how interested you are in the game. Like, if you come down here for a game, for example, if you really want to watch football, you need to sit at the bar. Right. Because so many of the people that watch games here come here to socialize first and watch the game second. And so it becomes, you, you almost feel rude if you're not engaging in the conversation and just actually watching and focused on the game.
1: Did I ruin the national championship game for you? No, not at okay.
0: all. No, I was sitting at the bar that night just because there was nowhere else to sit. It had nothing to do with my interest in either of those two teams, I assure you.
1: (laughs) Well, I was just being sure because I saddled up next to the bar next to you and then started talking about race relations with Gerald.
0: Well, luckily at that point, you two had just sort of slid off into your own little bubble, and
1: I was free to watch the game as I desired. Okay. And I noticed you purposely stayed out of that debate.
0: Well, of course. (laughs) girl (laughs) there's there's some things that there's some topics of conversation that i just don't willfully
1: engage in i can i can respect that even if i i do call you a girl for it but that does bring me to an interesting conversation i had with that young man so gerald's a young guy comes here to the cigar shop um he's been coming for several years he's in his 20s single good guy totally different phase of life than i'm in so it's always fun to kind of mentor that mm-hmm. and i gave him the greatest piece of advice i can pass to another human being this weekend well we, before that conversation is actually last week is before we had that conversation all right so when you flip a coin what do you call it i'm almost
0: always a tails guy
1: wrong and you don't call it heads. call it edge
0: Because the one time you get it right, you'll be a freaking
1: genius. March 22nd, (laughs) 2008, they had just opened Kings Creek Golf Course. We were standing on hole number 11 because you had to start on hole number 11 because the golf course literally was still in its infancy. And we're standing on hole number 11, and we decided to flip a coin to see who was going to go first. Coin in the air, I called it edge. The ground was wet. It stuck edge straight up. I shattered his golf game for the rest of that day. Because <laughs> he said, if he can call that, he can call it. I guarantee you, if you're sitting entertaining a young lady, a coin is flipped. When it lands on edge and you called it, she's going home with you. <laughs> so always call edge. You're only going to be wrong, you know, most times. But the one time you're right, you look like a genius.
0: So that's only going to work, though, outdoors or in, in like 70 shag carpet.
1: Well, now you can increase the odds. Okay. With a belt sander, you could kind of square off the edges on a quarter and you probably could increase your odds just a little bit or of We're just flipping nickel. Miracle.
0: A yeah. nickel's got that nice yeah. broad flat edge.
1: Yeah, you could, you know, you can increase your odds, but just think about it because okay, otherwise you're going to be wrong 50% of the time. But this way, you're going to be wrong
0: 99.8% of the time.
1: Right. But when you do, when it is right, you look like a genius.
0: So I think, I think what you're telling us is don't ever flip a coin on anything important.
1: No, it's, it's like tipping strippers with a $2 bill because in the dark, it looks like a 20 you're playing the long game here. You're wanting to say, okay, this is something. There's something about this guy. There's something different. Yeah, he's cheap. <laughs> you, no, they never think that. When they see the $2 bills. they like, oh, where did you get those? They don't realize you can go to the bank and get all those you want. You, you're setting the standard. They look at you and say, there's something different about this guy. You're setting yourself apart from the crowd. Call it edge, tip of a $2 bill. Play the accordion, whatever. Uh, don't. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever taken a woman home based on their ability to play the accordion, short of weirdo Yanker bit. <laughs> But... <laughs> but anyway. So, we'll come back to cigars. But I just had to pass that piece of advice on to all of our listeners. Always call Edge.
0: What happens when you get someone else who also calls Edge?
1: Well, then you, then you have to fist fight. That's the rules. <laughs> just hope she isn't too tough. But <laughs> anyway... <laughs> moving forward let's talk for a moment so the texas tobacco association texas premium cigars filed a lawsuit this week against the fda good on them did you hear about this but now i heard about it but i didn't have a chance to read the article texas premium cigar industry sues the fda so they're suing the fda over their new cigar warning requirements
0: which is basically no labeling, no identification, just a big skull and crossbones. Well, it's, I mean that's what would make them happy, right? Oh, sure. It's twenty percent of the box, and you have to put a warning label on anything cigar related. Right. So, like uh, a couple of months ago, when I was at that Tarano event, I I won a like a tumbler, like a Yeti tumbler, and it's got the the Taranio logo for their their color series. All it's really nice.
1: It's got a. Freaking surgeon general's warning on the tumbler. You know that's just asinine. It's it's ridiculous. The whole thing. Um, explain to me why we don't have warnings on knives, why we don't have warnings on guns, why we don't have warnings on rocks. Why don't we just put warnings on anything that can hurt you? If we're gonna have to put them on twenty percent of every tobacco. Well, product. but think of the children, Shane. <laughs> Yeah, well, the little Tide Pod eaters are going to have to learn to take care of themselves. Hey, everybody on... At a certain point, it's survival of the fittest, right? Hang on, I'm pulling the show over for a minute. If your kid is eating Tide Pods, your choice in laundry detergent is the smallest mistake you've made. (laughs) And if your friends on Facebook are all posting about kids eating tide Tide Pods, then please get new friends. I have I have weeded out my Facebook friend list this week by people who are worried that their children are going to eat Tide Pods.
0: Yet these are the same parents that send their kids to kindergarten with that big 55-gallon drum of Elmer's glue and think it's all going to end up on the crepe paper.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand why my cigar is far more offensive than their laundry detergent. But... That for some reason, this is a big deal this week well, on there's, a, there's, this,
0: there's this boogeyman in the tobacco industry that we're all trying to get everyone hooked. You know, it's this idea that we don't know what's good for us, or, or we don't know what's bad for us, I guess, more to the point, And we have to be protected from ourselves. And so everyone else has to be protected from us.
1: Right. Well, and this FDA... So yeah. Because are going to
0: hold you down and shove a Maduro in your mouth and That's right. force you, you to smoke it.
1: You and I tackled a six-year-old on the way in, made him smoke a Panatella.
0: Yeah, now he's driving his big wheel with a bunch of, like, like cu- Cuban music down the sidewalk. It's very interesting.
1: Yeah, a very exciting night. That was
0: terrible. I tried.
1: Well, <laughs> they, cannot, they can't all be gorillas chasing a marching band through a minefield.
0: You've so, had two days to think of that. I don't want to hear it. It's, it's all, easy when it's your content. <laughs> it's all about putting the work into
1: it, Trey. It's all about the work.
0: Well, let's put some extra work kind of behind the scenes here. let's take a quick break so I can think of my own one-liners and we'll come right back with more after this. Trey here for this week's Cigar Under $8. Uh, We're going to talk about a brand that we actually don't touch on much on the show, but it's always one of my favorite go-to's, Uh, This week it's going to be the Perdomo Fresco, specifically the Sun Grown is my favorite. Uh, You just get a nice medium to full body from that Sun Grown wrapper that Perdomo does so well. It is a Nicaraguan Puro. It's from Esteli and Jalapa. It's basically just a really uh, well-balanced, full-flavored version of their Fresco line. You can pick these up in bundles for a hundred bucks if you're looking online or usually in your brick and mortar you're going to find individual sticks even the churchill is still less than seven dollars in most cases it's a great you know fishing cigar golf course cigar something that you you're going to get a lot of flavor you don't have to spend too much time playing with it and attending to it but it's going to deliver just some really great nicaraguan flavor every single time
1: Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane Reeves. I'm sitting across from Trey Deadman. Why did you put
0: your NPR voice on to come back from the break this week? And on the next hour of the Cigar
1: Cast, we'll be discussing the Malaysian tobacco farmers and I usually have some derogatory <laughs> remark to make about your character, person, vision, something. And tonight this week I didn't have one. <laughs> I really didn't. I, I had to pause for a second because I was thinking, okay, do I use that one? No, that's not my best work. So, you know, you can, so you can always go the easy road with this stuff and just come up with some song lyric from the 70s and sling it at the guy across the table, but I'm too good for that. I want to sling something quality at you, something, something that'll hurt your soul just a little. <laughs> I think this week,
0: actually, Glenda's going to get on me for being too mean to you.
1: But let's jump right into
0: cigar environment. All right, let's do it.
1: But first, tell me about your cigar.
0: It's really good. (laughs) You're all over the place tonight. (laughs) Uh, It's really good. It's smoking a bit fast. I think that's more me than it is the cigar. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, I cut a little too much off of it, uh, just trying to get past that Bellicoso tip, which I'm just not a huge fan of. I've still got enough cap that it's not unraveling on me or anything, but it really opened up. And it's just everything that this cigar is supposed to be. It's consistent. It's it's. I knew exactly what I was getting. There's a nice little back of the throat kind of spice to it, a little pepper at the front of my mouth. It's, it's fantastic.
1: So the Lost Art is interesting. Um, it's good, but I couldn't tell you why. Okay. There's no real defining characteristics standing out to me. It's smooth, consistent blend. I'm smoking it very slow because I'm trying not to blow smoke at our studio audience tonight. <laughs> and all I keep angling my head off to the side and shooting straight up, and whatever happens, it comes right back on our studio audience. <laughs> so I'm I'm really working that, and I think that may be why you're at, what, two thir- a third? Yeah, uh, but I'm about halfway through it. Yeah, and I'm still probably two-thirds of a cigar left. Yeah. So it takes a little longer. So this week I restructured my my environment for my cigar due to the cold weather. Right. So first let's talk about the structure of your cigar environment. So the number one enemy of the cigar environment is... Smell. Right. The odor of old cigar. Yeah. And all fresh cigar smells good, but the odor of old cigar I think is absolutely the... And odor of old cigar, to me, is only second by whatever scented candle somebody uses to try to cover that up.
0: That is true. Those two scents mingle. One never eliminates the other.
1: Yeah. I mean, now, Febreze is a great product. And I use Febreze in my truck all the time. I use Febreze. The nice thing about cigar smoke, though, is that if you let whatever has been inundated
0: by air out a little bit, it actually goes away and fairly quickly.
1: Yeah, you can move it along pretty quick, and you know I don't—I never smoke with the windows rolled up on my vehicle. Right, I always have primarily because by the time was at the end of my cigar, I couldn't see out the windshield. <laughs> but also, I just like to keep the air flowing in there. That's a good
0: way to uh, track the the attention of Brentwood's finest. Do you know
1: <laughs> the big smoke filter? <laughs> do you know what Febreze was originally invented for? Okay, I'm all over the place again, but I gotta ask: Do you know what Febreze was originally invented for? I don't. Body armor. Febreze was originally invented to take smells out of SWAT teams and military. Oh, I thought military. to like enhance
0: the body armor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna spray your sweater down with some Febreze. I'm gonna take a shot at you in the parking lot. Let's see really if that what helps. <laughs> no, it was actually for when you would get smelly things on body armor, and you can't throw body armor into the washer and dryer. Febreze was actually originally developed for that, and then marketed. As a odor repellent nationally.
0: That makes sense. It's amazing how much of our everyday products were designed with that kind of thing in mind. Like super glue, for example, was meant to be uh, a replacement for Battlefield Bandage.
1: Yeah. Under armor. Literally, under armor. Yeah. And and so few people get that, that it's called under armor because it was developed so that you wouldn't suffocate under body armor. Yeah. And then they said, hey, this would be great for people running. And all, so it's just super interesting how all that comes around. But coming back to environments. So we're going to combat the smell. That's the main thing. So first thing you got to do, let's talk structure. High ceilings are your friend. Yeah. I think that's one reason that a lot of people do well smoking in their garage is because generally your garage will have a little taller ceiling than the rest of your house, if for no other reason than clearance for the garage door opener. Right. So, high ceilings are going to be your friend
0: and i 've talked about this before one of my before the smoking ban in Tennessee, one of my favorite places to smoke was a bar that 's actually attached to the uh, the Hilton Hotel downtown and the The ceilings in there are twenty feet if there are three i mean they 're really, really tall, and you could smoke in there and the ventilation was so good, and I know we'll touch on this as well, but the ventilation was so good, you couldn't smell your own cigar. Everything just went straight up. There was plenty of clearance up above, and that's that's really the reason you want the tall ceilings, because the smoke is going to rise, right? and so you want somewhere for it to go, so it doesn't just hang around like a stale fart about eye level in the whole room.
1: Yeah, it's it just, you give yourself plenty of room, plenty of volume of room for that to go, and when you, you know, I've we went into a cigar shop one time, and they had the smoke eater on the ground. And I thought, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, because not only are you not getting the smoke, the smoke you're getting, you're pulling past my nose to get. And we used to record in that shop. Yeah, we used to record there. <laughs> yeah, that's some of the earlier shows that you heard, the, uh, yeah. behind. And on top of that, that shop had seven-foot drop ceilings in it. Yeah, that was a terrible choice for a shop. It's closed now. But the, the smoke eater being on the ground, produ- position your air purification high. Yeah. And, and really, you don't even have to have an air purifier. You've just, you just got to have a an Yeah.
0: And so when I used to work at Wise Ash down in Atlanta, one of the, we used to really struggle with smoke in that shop because it was a smaller shop but also very popular. So there were always, you know, 10, 12 guys smoking at a time in a, what amounted to a shoebox, essentially, and one of the and we kept putting ventilation and we put smoke eaters we did all this stuff we couldn't do anything. What we eventually ended up doing that worked was we had four of those fart sucker fans. That's twice I've used that word on the podcast tonight. What is wrong with me? And the little vent fans that you normally see in the bathroom. We had one of those in each of the corners of the main lounge. But what finally enabled those to work was an active return. So we actually had a vent fan blowing fresh air back into the shop that allowed that, that breeze, that f- free flow of air through the shop that, I mean, you turn that thing on and in seconds it would have the place cleared out.
1: Well, and that's one of the things that you've got to realize if you put ventilation in. Now, we're tapping into my sweet spot here because we're talking about basically building. Right. When we talk about structure, whatever volume of air you remove from that room must be replaced. So it's going to suck in under the walls and be filtered through the carpet so you're not really helping yourself, or it's going to be sucked in under the garage door or around the garage door, breaking the seal on the garage door. So you're going to have to, when you provide ventilation out, you need to provide ventilation in. Mm -hmm. And you provide it in through a filtered space. Right. And then you just change that filter ever so often. You don't need a filter blowing out. I see people all the time with a filter blowing out. Why are you filtering it to blow it out? Filter what you got coming in, not what you got going out.
0: Right, unless your neighbors are just really anal retentive about the smells around their house.
1: Right, then you pipe it into their laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a great neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about flooring. Um, obviously, avoid avoid carpet. Avoid rugs, avoid carpets. So now,
0: are we talking, so when you're talking about your cigar environment, are you talking about someone creating a cigar environment for themselves, for him or herself in their home, or are you talking about what to look for in a shop, or what makes, or just kind of general rules here?
1: So this, that's a great question. Glad you asked. I'm speaking of if you're designing your home where you want to have your cigar environment. Because in a shop, I've said—how many times have I said in this shop we need rugs in three or four places because it would deaden the sound?
0: Yeah, because that's really—that's kind of the the balance there is you don't want a lot of soft surfaces because they're going to hold on to the smoke and the smell. But at the same time, if it's a place that's got nothing soft in it, all leather chairs, concrete floors, drywall— the sound is just going to bounce back and forth and it's just going to create this tumultuous uproar when four people start talking
1: yeah you know a good middle ground that's very inexpensive is laminate flooring um pergo p-e-r-g-o makes a great laminate flooring shawl makes a good you can find laminate flooring anywhere mm-hmm. but laminate flooring is not actually attached to the floor it floats
0: So you get that little bit of air, that air pocket beneath it that kind of helps absorb some of that.
1: Right. It'll deaden the sound. And especially if you're planning to set up what we're going to talk about later, a theater type environment, you really can't go straight concrete. You're going to have to go with a laminate flooring or else acoustically, you're never going to get rid of the echo. Yeah. So, but if it's just a place that you and a couple of buddies are going to smoke occasionally, concrete floor, if you want to get fancy, go stained concrete.
0: I am such a big fan of stained concrete. In fact, I wouldn't be opposed to actually building a house that had stained concrete in it. I like it that much.
1: The only problem with building a house with stained concrete floors is concrete exists in two conditions. Cracked and not cracked yet. Right. Right. So you have to mentally prepare yourself that there is going to be a crack running right down the center of your living room in all likelihood. It's true, especially because
0: it's going to be poured right on the slab. So any fluctuations in the environment outside that's going to cause that to expand and contract, that's what's going to ultimately cause that.
1: Well, I always tell my customers, I can only warranty your concrete against theft and fire. Everything (laughs) else is open to debate. So, that, you know, that's kind of what you've got to work with when you work with concrete, but keeping moving forward on the list. And I'm bad to get sidetracked. Furniture, you got to go leather. For smell, if nothing else. Yeah, you've got to get good quality leather furniture. If it's a, if it's a public place
0: like a shop, the, it's really worth actual leather and not bonded leather, but actual because of the, the abuse they're going to take. You know, don't go cheap. Don't go that pleather stuff. Don't, it, it's really got to real leather's the only thing that's going to hold up to the type of abuse of a public shop. But you can get away with the bonded leather or something else if you're just if it's just you and a couple of buddies in a room in your house.
1: Yeah, if you're just going to be a couple of you or, you know, I've just got, not
0: cloth or upholstered.
1: Well, like I've got wicker furniture in my on my back porch. And the great thing about the wicker furniture and the cushions on it is once a year I can throw the cushions away and go buy a new set of cushions at clearance on Lowe's. Plus, at that point, you're outside.
0: So that kind of your, your, your need to, to keep smell down kind of goes away.
1: Okay. So do you have a bar or not? To bar or not to bar? In, in, a, in a shop, I am
0: take it or leave it. In your, it depends what you're using your cigar room for in your house. I think if you're the kind of guy that likes to have a drink with your cigar and, you, and it's going to be kind of a gathering place, I think, yeah, have a bar.
1: I'm anti-bar, and here's why I'm anti-bar. One night I had acquired a bottle of Tullamore Dew Phoenix. They only made this whiskey for a couple of years. And I forget that people drink differently than I drink.
0: You're not anti-bar. You're pro-lock.
1: <laughs> well, but if they can see it, they're going to ask for it. True. If they see my bottle of Elmer, they're going to want to taste If you give a mouse a cookie. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I brought my bottle of Ptolemore Dew Phoenix in here. Assuming that me and the other two guys that I was sitting there with were going to have a shot, maybe two. Because a bottle of whiskey lasts me approximately seven years. and all because I just... I, right. One shot and I'm good for the night. I don't have to continue drinking. They emptied my entire bottle of Tullamore Dew Phoenix. Have never found another bottle of it anywhere. Probably never will.
0: Nor did and, they offer to replace it or no, no, compensate nothing. you in some way.
1: It never occurred to me, and this is, this is partially my inexperience. It never occurred to me that they'd see a bottle of whiskey and say, oh, we have to drink the whole thing. That just never occurred to me. I, I, I guess I missed that part of life.
0: You should have consulted with a resident alcoholic in your life because I could have told you that was
1: going to happen. <laughs> See, for, from now on, I'm going to go to the professionals. <laughs> but I don't think have a bar in there because I think it's much more majestic to bring out. I actually have now, I have a whiskey decanter bottle. And I can pour whiskey in that decanter and bring it out and set it in front of the guys when we're enjoying a cigar or watching wrestling on the back porch. And I can tell them it's whatever I want to. I don't have to tell them, you know, it's $14 a bottle. Well, there's an old trick that...
0: that, So apparently there is in in restaurants, there's kind of a, a gentleman's rule, which is if you buy the last shot of Louis, then you get to keep the bottle. Now, we're talking $100 a shot. So it's not like it's inexpensive just even to play the game. But if you happen to get the last shot in that bottle, you get to keep the bottle. So what you do is you take that home and you put two-buck chuck in it. But right. everyone sees that it's a Louis bottle and all of a sudden it's the best they've ever had.
1: Exactly. That's the power of suggestion. But if you've got, and I'll guarantee you, if you've got your cabinet sitting there, everybody's going to want to reach for the top shelf. Nobody's going to want to take what's on the bottom shelf. So, because I'm cheap and whiskey lasts me a long time, I would not put a bar in my cigar area.
0: But I, I think it also goes to, you know, the stuff like that. You just put behind a cabinet, not necessarily with a lock on it, but you just out of sight, out of mind, unless it's someone you want to share it with.
1: Makes sense. But I, like I said, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tread the line. I'm gonna pour it in my decanter. I'm gonna bring it out. I'm gonna have my fancy cigar glasses. You had the whiskey glass that actually has the notch in it for the cigar. Oh, okay. I'm going to have that. I'm going to have it really set up nice, and I can do that with cheap whiskey if I do this right.
0: So for me, the opposite side of that is the automatic espresso machine. They've got some really nice espresso machines out now that you don't have – you just fill them up with water and beans, and they do all the rest of the work. All you have to do is fill them up every once in a while and just dump the, the spent grounds, and you're good. I think that's – a perfect addition to something like this.
1: That is because not only will that um, provide you with a drink, it will also combat the smell. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing like the smell of coffee to take over the smell of any cigars or anything like that. Right. Great idea. So let's talk humidor. I would build a walk-in humidor. I wouldn't. And I well, why would you not? Because
0: we're talking about a residence, and there are so few people out there that have the kind of real estate in their house that they can just give away to a humidor.
1: Well, so a good cabinet humidor going to cost you 800 to to $1,000 yeah. for a good cabinet, something if you're going to really display your cigars. Four by eight sheets of Spanish cedar today are $125 a sheet. Now, by the time this podcast comes out, they may be $400 a sheet because a spotting owl needs somewhere new to make. But that's a different problem for a different show. But the the Spanish cedar... So a four-by-eight sheet... A four-by-eight humidor would hold a whole lot of cigars. And you could even cut it in half and all. It depends. I guess it depends on your level of handyman ability.
0: Yeah, because you're also going to have to do a a vapor barrier. You're going to have to you know, hard plumb your humidification, you're getting into some really next level stuff. And you've got to think, you've also got to account for the shelves because yeah, you're talking about a four by eight box, but then the shelves are going to be a foot deep each. So now you're talking a a two by four.
1: Right. You're, you're talking tough. You can't walk in there with somebody. Right. But just to open the humidor, because one of the wonderful things, my friend, I complained about my friends drinking all my whiskey. But one of the wonderful things my friends do is, I say, "Would you like a cigar?" They say, "Yes, please choose one for me," and I always love that. That always makes me feel good. It always because I can say, "Okay, that guy smokes two cigars a year. He's gonna get the Rocky Edge. He's gonna get something from the cigar under eight dollars segment of the show," mm-hmm. and all. And he's gonna enjoy it just as well. Where is it? Where I can say, "Okay, trays here. I know he loves Crowned Heads. I can give him something really nice." Mm-hmm. And also I I do enjoy that part of my friends. So I am at
0: some point going to do this in my house. I, I will have a house that has a dedicated room, preferably with one of those secret like bookshelf doors that you have to grab the spine of War and Peace to open it, you know. And my vision for the humidor in that room is... Everyone knows I'm a huge James Bond fan. If you remember M's office in the original Connery, that just dark mahogany, quilted leather everywhere. Here's a bookshelf behind his desk, and it's a dark mahogany. It's got metal lattice work for the doors, and it's just gorgeous. So I imagine something like that where, obviously, you wouldn't use metal lattice because it has to to seal in the, the humidity, but just something that's not facing the exterior window, So that you're not getting direct sunlight or heat on it, but something where it just kind of presents well, maybe from, you know, cabinet level. So there's, you know, cabinet counter space, and then it goes up from there, kind of like a bookcase. And that's kind of what I would have in mind. You don't take up a lot of real estate because it's essentially a bookcase, but it presents well and you can hold as many cigars as your room is big.
1: Well, and if you don't want to get that much into it, I mean, you can always set a nice humidor on the coffee table. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things. Humidors are usually attractive enough. You could just have one sitting on the coffee table and open it up to, right. to present to your fellow cigar smokers.
0: And that way you can also have the, the share box and then the display. You know, you can kind of separate based on the quality of cigar in a given yeah. place.
1: For, for years before I had my cabinet humidor, I had two humidors. I had one for public consumption and one where I kept my good stuff. Right. So, yeah, I can, I can see how that goes. Um, bookshelves. I'm anti-bookshelves and the cigar room. Just because the books hold in the smell? The books hold in the smell, and it's not a library. It's, it's your cigar room. Let's keep it.
0: I disagree. The, the, those, those are two activities that go very, very well together. And I wouldn't have gotten through college if it hadn't been for cigars while I was sitting, studying, and reading. So, I think, no, I think bookshelves and load them up. Leather bound if you're really feeling froggy.
1: I, see, I rarely, most of my reading is done on the Kindle anyway, because I like the backlighting. I don't like books. Oh,
0: no. See, give me a real book any day. I don't even own a Kindle or, or any ebooks on my iPad. I don't read in digital format.
1: So, one thing to seriously combat your cigar smell. You want a sealed garbage can. Because most of the time, old cigar smell comes from old cigars, comes from ashtrays. You know, you'll notice in your finer shops, every 30, 45 minutes, they come out and hit all the ashtrays. Yeah. And I think if, in your environment, have a sealed can. I've got a sealed can on my back porch that I keep all my cigar leftovers in.
0: And I used to do the same. I had a metal trash can, and nothing seals better than a metal trash can.
1: Oh, yeah, and you pick one up 15, 20 bucks at the shop. At the absolute most. Yeah. And uh, the,
0: the thing that I like about the metal trash cans is that it, it holds forever. One of the things, to, to your point, though, is the, in RVs, they have a really cool little thing that they've developed that I think if you could find a way to work it into your house would be brilliant, which is you know the counter space, everything in RVs pulls double duty. Right, And so right beside the sink in the one that I'm thinking of is a little lid that pops up and the trash can is below it so you can throw your scraps from chopping or whatever. But then the door to replace, to take it out and trash is actually on the outside. So you never have to carry the trash through the th- It's just you go outside, you pull it out, you take the trash, out. so something like that where you drop all your ashes and stuff like that and then it immediately stays sealed and you take it out. You don't have to drag it through the house to empty it.
1: So let's talk about decor now. Let's get into decorating your, your cigar environment. <clears throat> First and foremost, I've, I refuse to use the term man cave. I hate the term man cave. I do too. Now, why do you hate it? There's a couple. I don't like
0: cutesy. It, it used to be a study or a den. That's the idea that uh, the idea that you have to have somewhere to escape your family, as if it's only men are allowed. Or if you have to put a name on something like that to keep other people out, it's not a treehouse, and you're not nine years old. There's not no girls allowed. And it just, it doesn't need, it also, it also sounds
1: like a gay bar. (laughs) (laughs) You're just on a roll tonight. (laughs) I mean, you're just trying to shatter our PG rating all to pieces. (laughs) But I don't like the term man cave because people come into my office and wield that term way too loosely. Oh, this is where the TV and the video games and the, um
0: the crap my wife won't let me put anywhere right, else in the, the
1: house be- the bean and then the lady actually ends up spending more time in the quote man cave than the man does because <laughs> she can go in there and relax and I despise the term man cave just just by the way but let's talk dead animals I'm a hunter and i if I want to put my spotted owl trophy I do not think the lounge the cigar lounge is the place for that well again smell
0: yeah. But that being said, I don't really have a problem with I I think it really depends on what you're going for. If you if you're kind of more of a if you're the kind of guy who's going to have a man cave built into his house, it's probably going to be a pool table, it's a bar, TV, at least two TVs. You know, it's going to be more of a sports bar atmosphere. I for me, my idea is more like a library. So, it's bookshelves, it's leather like I can see dead animals or trophies and things like that like Smoker's Abbey up in East Nashville has a little stuffed coyote right by the door I love that
1: well I don't smell is the main thing now of course if you have European mounts it's no big deal where it's just the skull Mm -hmm. Um, and actually they had a great full size Tyrannosaurus skeleton at Home Depot this year for halloween or it was kind of raptor sized that i thought that would be a great cigar room decoration you could hang a cigar out of his mouth he could be holding a cutter i mean that that i would make the exception for but the um i would stay away from that because we i don't want to turn my cigar lounge into a sports bar area if i want to go to a sports bar i'll go to a sports bar Right. I want my cigar lounge to really reflect my personality. I want it to be a place that engenders conversation.
0: But I think, I think you're, you're having your trophies. I'm not saying litter the walls with carcasses, but I'm, I think having one or two mounted trophies on the wall, I think that's fine for that atmosphere. I, well, I think it doesn't work in the sports bar atmosphere.
1: The chandelier made out of deer antler, great touch all for it that that would definitely be well worth the time now moving forward let's talk tv i'm going to give everybody here a workaround i don't want a tv hanging on the wall in my cigar lounge
0: the only exception is if it's behind cabinet doors
1: you could do that
0: that that would be the only way i would put a tv in a room that i dedicated as a cigar
1: room a quality workaround. I'm going to hang a projector. That works. You know, you can hang a projector, you can paint a wall with that projection paint. Then when you do want to have tv you can just click the projector on and you can throw it onto the wall this room you're designing is going to be massive (laughs) actually in my next house i'm going to do what's called a carriage garage it's a third garage that actually sets off the side Mm -hmm. and that will be my cigar lounge i'll do that that way it'll still meet neighborhood requirements and restrictions i won't actually have to give up square footage of the house and then when i'm ready to leave It'll be, You've got it, and yeah. it's a carriage house, yeah, I carry my stuff in, and then they have a carriage house. plus that has the advantage of basically a wall that goes up in the form of a garage door, right. So when it's spring, when it's summer, when it's fall, I can open the garage door and air it out with very little trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's actually where that'll be in my next house for the cigar lounge. But I think go projector. Now the question is, Will the smoke interfere with the projector's it picture? It does. Anyone
0: who's watched an old NFL documentary where they're watching game film in the smoke-filled room, everyone's got cigarettes burning, you, you definitely kind of have to
1: see through the fog a little bit. So you, d- you definitely need to have the ventilation system we spoke of earlier. Absolutely. Yeah, and lighting, let's make it bright. I don't want it to be dark. I want it to be... I want to have good LED lighting in there that kind of shows, not fluorescent because fluorescent washes you out, but quality LED lighting. What are
0: you doing, a photo
1: shoot in there? <laughs> I like quality <laughs> LED lighting well, in there. Well, I think, I think a dimmer. I You just
0: have a dimmer switch so that it can be bright when you want it to be bright and it can be low when you want it to be low.
1: Well, that shortens the lifespan of all of your light bulbs. Not if you're using LEDs? Yeah, even with LEDs. Well, yeah, but
0: so you go from 30 years down to 20. Sure. I can swing a light bulb every 20 years.
1: Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad to know you're doing better. <laughs> glad to know business is picking up. <laughs> I've already bashed the TV tray business by saying don't hang one on your wall in the cigar room, but... <laughs> if you do decide... No, I'm not going to plug. If you if you do decide to, you call. <laughs> but I do think go with the projector. I do think nice LED lighting. Um, I'm going to keep the dead animals to a minimum because I want this to be... I don't want it to feel like a sports bar. I want it to feel like a place that, if someone came to my house and said, "Hey, Shane, I've got major life issues to discuss," the you know the chick that went home with me because I called Edge now wants to get married. What do I do? I can take them out there. We can have a cigar and we can have a serious conversation about life.
0: But so you want really bright lighting for that? Oh, conversation yeah. It's going to feel like an interrogation.
1: No, I'm going to... Where be... were you
0: on March 3rd? <laughs> I'm going to be drawing
1: diagrams. I need a little help
0: <laughs> Oh, there. so you need a whiteboard and, to, to go across from your oh, projector. No, go, go
1: glass. Oh, okay. <laughs> go glass on the wall where you can write... Ain't that the coolest thing when you see people doing ideals and they're writing it on the no, glass? No, I do it at
0: work all the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, the janitorial staff hates you, but right. other than that, it works out great. <laughs> but, so we've discussed high-end cigar environment tonight, by all means, but... The basics. Let's just touch the basics. These are. I tell everybody that comes into my office. Give me a list of gotta haves, would be nice to have, and want to have. You gotta haves is this is the deal breaker. I'm not going to do it if I can't do this. Your want to haves are stuff that okay, this is important but not a deal breaker. And be nice to have is okay if I had plenty of money I would do it this way. So. Your got to have. you gotta have ventilation, you gotta have leather furniture, you gotta have solid-state flooring. Yeah. Your wanna-haves is the projector. I,
0: th- I think your gotta-have also involves a window. You've gotta have some way to air the place out. On top of ventilation, when it's nice outside, whether it's a garage door or a window that opens up, I think you've gotta have some, some uh, connection with the
1: outside world. True. You don't want it to, you don't want it to be the aforementioned cave. Right, Exactly. I can go with that. Um, your your want-to-haves, you want to have um, the projector, the TV. You want to have what makes it feel like your environment.
0: Right. Little pieces of your personality.
1: Yeah. And there's a plethora of really great ashtrays out there made out of metal. I always go with metal ashtrays just in case they drink my bottle of Tullamore do They don't break one of my good Oliva ashtrays. Right. So I'd go with the freestanding metal ashtray. That's one of my favorite things.
0: The, the, and they're really inexpensive. Uh, stinky is probably the most common that people think of. And you can get a floor model, I think, for 50 bucks, which for an ashtray is not cheap. Don't get me wrong.
1: but Well, but for a good ashtray with cigar holders on it, that's not a bad buy. And your grandkids' grandkids will still be using it. Exactly. So, yeah, I'll have to, and go and...
0: Assuming cigars are still legal by then.
1: Well, and the other thing, I have two stinkies. Go with the chrome or the brushed nickel stinky. Don't go with the painted because the paint does eventually fall off. Yeah. Enough cigars fall in there that are still lit and burning out. It the, the, will eventually, the paint will start peeling off and it'll look bad.
0: And then you, and then, as long as it's not lead-based paint either, so you don't want your kids licking windows.
1: Well, there's that. But if he ate a Tide Pod beforehand, he'd, be, <laughs> he'd neutralize it. That's a callback. <laughs> But anyway, well, you've been flashing me the time signal because we've been kind of in my sweet spot. So we ran a little long tonight. We'll be back next week, and we'll talk more about it. Um, talk about different ideals and things going on in the cigar industry. In the meantime, uh,
0: we love hearing from you. Give us a Drop us a line, info at com. For all of your emails, facebook.com slash thecigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at the thecigarcast. If you have a place in your home that's dedicated to your smoking habit, hobby, uh, send us a picture. We'd love to see what, what it looks like.
1: I would. I'd love to see some pictures of kind of what people are doing, especially seeing as how we have listeners all over the world. Mm-hmm. And I'd be interested to see what a Siberian cigar lounge looks like. That would really thrill me. I'm, I'm picturing vodka and big, heavy, furry coats with the tall hats. <laughs> Just Cossacks running around. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but thanks for listening to Cigar Cast. See you next week.